Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shrew Parks and Jack Fritz. I don't even know why we try to clap on the, on the remote ones, but I know it's a horrible I, idea. Yeah. It's a horrible idea. You but either way, ideas. either way, welcome on in. It's a new edition of Clap Your Hands. Uh, presented by Coors Light, Elliot Shore Parks, and Jack Fritz, as we are reacting to a trade deadline that I don't think you and I have ever been so on opposite ends of. Yeah. Um, it really broke early. They, they, they traded for Buddy Heald. Um, they traded, we'll obviously get into it all, but just a full recap. They traded for Buddy Heald, three, three second round picks. Um, and, um, you know, for uh, the Marcus Morris. Yeah, so, uh, bye-bye Daniel House. Daniel House, keys to the city for Marcus Morris. And then out of nowhere, yeah, at like one thirty, all of a sudden, Pat Bev is is shipped out of town. They go past 3 o'clock and nothing really happened, Elliot. What what was your, your big takeaway on the day? How you feeling? You know, a good six hours removed from the trade deadline. What, what's kind of hitting you? Yeah, so... You know, if you were listening on WIP and I was on from 10 to 2 in an hour with you guys, like watching it live and going through it, I'll be honest, like my biggest feeling was disappointment. Disappointment that this is it. Like me and you did the pod when they traded James Harden and talked about how they're going to have so many assets to make this team better. And when Daryl Morey talked about the idea of trading Harden when he did trade Harden, that his responsibility as GM of the Sixers is to make it so Joel Embiid has the best chance to win every year he's in the league. And it's his responsibility to surround Joel with talent. How did that, how was that an accomplishment today? Like Buddy Heald, we'll get into him more. I think he obviously is a great three-point shooter, all those things. Buddy Heald's not changing this team's fate. Like the the, the guys that they brought in are not changing this team's fate. Um, Campaign is not changing anything about this team. They traded some second round picks, but they got a lot back too. Like they didn't spend big draft draft capital today. They didn't spend any of their first round picks. They didn't trade Toby. Like when I woke up this morning, I was hopeful that they were going to make impact moves, moves that when we did this pod tonight or when I went to bed tonight or the next time they played, you would look and go, okay, you know what? They're going to be able to weather the storm of Joel being out. And when Joel gets back, they're going to have someone to help him do the job and help the Sixers perhaps advance further in the playoffs than they ever have. They didn't do anything like that today. So did they get marginally better? Sure. If you really want to just look just on the court, campaign is probably better than Pat Bet. Buddy Heald is a player that, you know, I think is going to come in. He's going to shoot a lot of threes, which is something the Sixers needed. But I didn't want to have today where uh, have a day where I have to squint to make it look good. Like I wanted a day where we did a pod and we started and it's like they went out and they shocked the world and they got Paul George or, oh my God, they did get Murray. And can you believe they actually traded for Jimmy Butler and man, Anthony Simons, no one thought they were going to trade for him. Like it was none of that. There was no creativity. There was nothing special about today. They're, they are better. Sure. But I don't feel better. Like I don't feel good about where this team is at. I feel discouraged. I feel disappointed and I feel let down frankly by like the team and, and how they handled this. Well, I couldn't disagree more. Like I, I, it absolutely stinks that it, we're here. Like, believe me, I don't. I don't want to be happy that the Sixers didn't do anything because mm-hmm. I would love to to feel like I'm heading down the stretch run and into the postseason, thinking that my team has a, a chance to win a title. I just didn't think this was that team, and especially with Joel going out. Um, like, I think so much had to go right in order for this team to to really compete and win uh, and go for a title. And 
you know, Daryl Morey is a big championship probability guy. And I feel like all day he basically was like, you got to know when to hold him and, and you got to know when to fold him. And I think today, mm, look at that. I know. Look at that lyric. Yeah. Like that. I know you're a big Kenny Rogers guy. Is that but, you're saying that? Yes. Okay. But like, it, it's, it's, it's not the year. And I know that people argue, well, it's never going to be the year. It's never going to be the year. I'm not trading a bunch of assets for a, a, a team where they might not know if Joel Embiid even suits up again. Like, don't you kind of think that if Morey felt really confident that Joel Embiid was going to get back and be the Joel Embiid that we saw for the beginning of the season, that he would have traded more? I mean, the Buddy Heald thing is like a, it's like a half in move that didn't kill you because you traded everything else to, 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 to get back the second round picks. And we didn't even get into Jaden Springer. Um, like, yeah, that was just, that was like the, hysterical icing on the cake well like, i just thought James, it was like, yeah i just thought it was stupid like like yeah. you didn't have to trade jane springer to the celtics for a second round pick just buy a second round pick but i guess right. they they, they want to get under the luxury tax you know whatever i i the luxury tax thing is is whatever like to give up it, the only thing that pat bev losing pat bev was annoying because i liked pat bev as a, as a player and a guy and i thought he added toughness to this team that they hadn't had I obviously liked Marcus Morris, key to the city. I just think the Jaden Springer move is dumb. Like you, you can't tell me that you couldn't develop him in the next two to three years. He becomes a, a useful NBA player. Like they had, they have two, they have three players heading into next year under contract. Like those kind of things annoyed me. I would not have traded Jaden Springer, but like the overall thing, like I, I if Maury truly believed that Joel Embiid was going to be back and had like I don't know two weeks to ramp up for the playoffs, I, I think he would have been more in today, but. I think he knows better than we do the health of Joel Embiid. So why am I trading all this stuff for for a, a Fugazi shot at a title? Well, so here's what I'd say. Let's say we agreed and that we didn't think the Sixers were going to do anything this year. And at this point, I agree with you. Like, I think the chances this team makes a run in the playoffs are very slim. Like, we're talking 1%, right? Now, they, but, but like, so let's just, let's stick with that. Let's say I agreed with you that the right thing to do today was to, to punt. Because that's what they're doing. Like, we can debate how we feel about it. The Sixers are telling us they don't have confidence they can compete this year. Because if they did, they would have gone out and made more instant impact moves. But let's say, like, you know, we agree. Then how does this help for the future? Like, Buddy Heald helps you be a little bit better this year. Uh, Campaign is not a long-term player. You got rid of Jaden Springer. Pat Bev is gone, which, you know, I was debating this when we were in today with uh, with Spike, when who was, who was in with you guys and Ike and all that. Like, I understand you can't make moves for the fans, but come on, man. Like campaign in a second round pick. Like let's not act like they traded Pat Bev as part of a larger package to get a great player, a great amount of picks. They're not any set better set up for the future than they were earlier today. It's not like if they would have came out of this trade deadline and they acquired two extra first round picks or they went and they acquired some, a young player that like cost effective and they're going to have them for a few years. Then I still wouldn't like it because I don't like the idea of punting on this season, but at least I could sit there and go, you know what? They made moves where they have an eye on the future. And I think they got better for the future. They didn't really get better for either. Like they got marginally better this year. So if you feel like, you know, they should invest in the team, they invested in this team more than they did in the future team. Now you're right that they didn't give up assets and eat up cap space in those things, but they're not any more set up for the future than they were 12 hours ago. Like they're not more set up for anything other than to watch Buddy Heald, like shoot a few threes, which is, you know, again, bucket boy. I love threes. I love guards. So like, Buddy's my kind of guy. And so it hurts me that I have to be so anti-Buddy here. But it just did felt like they didn't really accomplish anything today. Like it was just what? like moving moving chairs around and not doing anything. 
well, yeah, it's moving chairs around on, on the Titanic. So. Yes, yeah. Um, here's my thing with Buddy Heald. The Pacers think that they have a chance to win the East this year. Why are they giving away a guy that can shoot like that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I can't figure out, you know? And Buddy's been a guy that has moved around a lot. Well, I mean, it was I mean Sacramento and, and, and Indiana never really lived up to the hype. Uh, coming out maybe because he was like twenty five dominating uh, college kids. I'm now, shocked. I did like there are probably some bad Elliot Shore Parks Buddy Heel tweets. I, like if you think my Noah Von Lay tweets are bad, I guarantee there's got to be some Buddy ones out there. I was big on Buddy coming well, out of college. Buddy Heel has I feel like he's been a sexer since I was in college. Hundred percent. It's also crazy he's been in the league this long. Yeah, I think well, it's over ten years. He's got to be what in his mid thirties by this point. I'm just kidding. yeah. No, I think but, I don't think he's that old, but it feels but, like it's been a long time. Well, yeah, because dude, he was like twenty four, dom- like dominated college basketball. I'd hope you'd be able to do that if you had a, a <laughs> modicum of talent. Um, Buddy Hield was it was it was a very frustrating draft process with the Buddy Hield stuff. But yes, yes. R- regardless, regardless, we were not doing this podcast then, so it doesn't really matter. But I was right about Buddy Hield. There you and go. Glad you got that out there. <laughs> finally, I was finally able to yeah uh, get 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 all that good stuff out there. I just. If you're the if you're the Pacers and you have a chance to to go for the you win the East this year, like let's say one member of this podcast had the Pacers plus five thousand to win the East, like why why are you getting rid of a guy that shoots at a forty percent clip? Like just because he's expiring? Maybe Marcus Morris they view as well. Marcus Morris they already traded him. Um, they they got Dougie McDuck buckets back. Um, yeah. Really, just a, a great day for old draft takes is McDermott and 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 Buddy Hill being shipped around. Where's so, Noah Von Lay when you need him? You know. Yeah, where where is where is good old Noah? I, like they, I'm just happy that because I don't know. You, you mentioned all those guys, and you and I could debate Dejounte Murray, um, but like, of all who was out there, like who was out there? Dejounte Murray. Right. The, the besides the Shante Murray, which didn't get moved anyway. Like right. who was the guy that you trading multiple first round picks for? Like the only one that got traded for multiple first round picks was what, Ananobi and, and, and Siakam? I mean I don't think Ananobi was a yeah, but, first round so, pick. So my counter to that would be now I understand, you know, to use a phrase, it takes two to tango. I'm not sure if you've heard that. But I go I know that GM like GM speak out of you. Thank you. You like that? I know that it takes another team willing to make a trade. But if all Maury can do is just make trades with guys that are on the block and like guys that the people are trying to get rid of, then like, what's his real skill? Like, like I, I could trade for somebody that like, you know, the team oh. is trying to get rid of and is very, like, the whole point of having one of the best GMs in the league is he does things that are unexpected. What's been unexpected that he's done. He held James Harden for a few months, ended up trading him for the Clippers anyway, traded him for a package that we liked at the time. And, and uh, you know, our guy Batum has been good and all that, but like, I don't know. I'd rather have James Harden. Like they got they got draft picks, but w- what have they even used those for at this point? We'll see what it turns into. But at, when they traded for James Harden, it was like we're gonna we're not gonna punt on this year. They punted. Like you can say they no one's available because Joel Embiid is hurt. Like what yeah, are you but, talking but about? That doesn't mean that doesn't mean you have. Yes, to punt. it does. Yes, Why? it does. Yes, why? it does. He because his name might not come back. Alley. He might not come back. That's why yes. they punted. If but he's healthy, the they're not punting today, Elliot. I get that, but here's the thing. You had $100 million of expiring contracts to trade today. Those contracts you didn't trade, Toby, Covington, uh, I'm fine with keeping uh, Batum, but he's also expiring. Like There are players that you could have traded today that now are just going to leave at the end of the season for nothing. Like nothing. Toby, just gone. All the years of talking about Toby, he's not getting traded. He's going to play this whole contract out. Covington, he might not play again this year. He's just going to eat money up. So while you were right 
that like Embiid being out is a factor. And certainly with this team now, it's a major factor. Like they're probably going to be the seventh seed now at best because of how this do we is have to out. watch by the way oh, do we, do, yeah I know. Do, do we have to i'm kind of excited to hate watch a little i feel like i've been watching for a long time like almost like here's what i'll describe it as when jordan matthews was on the eagles and i was big mm-hmm. into jordan matthews whenever i watched him i felt like a parent where i was like oh god don't drop it or like oh don't throw it to him like with the sixers i've been so defensive yeah. of them that watching them has been a little like you probably feel this with you know some of the people oh, you have takes on no, yeah. it's the Phillies, dude. I mean, every right. every that's why every Phillies game is so intense for me because every time I lose, I feel like everyone's going to hate them. Exactly. So, <laughs> that's so. how I felt with the Sixers. And now it feels a little nice to be in line with everyone that's so mad about this trade deadline. And just to circle back to that, again, I know you can't make trades just to please the fans. But come on, man. Like getting rid of Pat Bev just to acquire campaign in a second. Like Daryl Morey's online. He knows people love Pat Bev. He's in that locker room. We'll get into it a little bit. He but probably he told listens Pat to Bev. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He, I mean, he clearly listens to Sixers podcast and we're the number one podcast. So I'm sure I'm sure he's listened. But it just like it's the it's the extra like kick. It's you know, it's like, man, now Pat Bev's gone too. like we spent so much. We called him untouchable on this pod multiple times. Right. Smart. And I know Joel being out changes analysis. how you view. Yeah, well, yeah, but I know Joel being Joel being out changes how you view the team. But I don't know, man. Isn't there part of you that just in, enjoying the team and watching it? That's like, you know, come on, like, what, what are you trading Pat Bev for? Like, like well, you're making it worse on the fans and worse on everybody watching this team just to acquire an extra second. And like, well, I I thought that was just, I thought it was a bad trade. I saw someone tweet this, and I apologize who because I can't remember who, but it was something like. Daryl Morey really views players as just assets and maybe that's a good quality in a GM and maybe, you know, whatever, but there felt like there was no reading the room here on trade. Well, and this is going to be my most like, like old WIP boomer basketball take Can't of wait. all time. But Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey doesn't know how to build a winner. Like mm, he, look he, at that. He, he could do his little, he could do his little assets, you know, our treat, like doesn't matter about the, the locker room. The locker room doesn't matter, matter at all. If he can get a second round pick and, and a, a starting caliber point guard that can shoot the basketball better than Pat Bev, he'll take that because I don't know how much he really values the locker room chemistry and, and stuff that matters in the locker room. It's been the biggest thing. Sorry to bring it back to the Phillies, but like, uh, Matt Klintak was someone who was always about like, uh, the mm. locker room chemistry doesn't matter. Like they'll figure it out. Yada, yada, yada. The biggest thing that Dave Dabrowski has changed is, is finding the right pieces for that locker room and, and bringing in a Schwarber, you know, uh, bringing in these guys that he knows can, Castiano. uh, like, in a way for sure. But you know, locker room guy. he's a good locker room guy, yeah. but, uh, you know, really valuing how to build a, a team culture and, and camaraderie. And that's what makes it frustrating because that's what this year felt like. This year felt like mm-hmm. he finally got it where, um, you know, like Pat Bev's here, Marcus Morris is here, you know, these guys that that are are tough and play hard and, and, and maybe metric-wise, yeah, they're, they're not great NBA players, but – for the first time in a while, people like love the Sixers. Yeah, and I know, yeah. I know, I know. Last year, people loved the Sixers before the postseason. This year, I think if you talk to a majority of fans, it, it it did feel different. And yes, that's what annoys me about the Pat Bev trade. That's what annoys me about the Jane Springer trade. It's just like we're doing this all for second round picks. Like we were, I thought yeah. we were all under the assumption that second round picks are the biggest waste of things in in, in sports right now. Um, so it, it is frustrating. And plus, like I'm just. I don't know if you've. 
I'm sure you have. I'm sure that our listeners have. Campaign is the worst, man. Like he is, <laughs> he is the absolute freaking worst. He does not pass the basketball. He yeah. shoots all the time. If you bet on someone else on the on the other on the team, it's going to lose. He he is just awful. He's he the, he is not a good NBA player. He shoots you out of basketball games. I hate players that shoot you out of basketball games and and like don't move the basketball. You have to move the basketball. Is that why you love Zach Levine? That's why <laughs> he's, he's basically a worst, yeah, worst, a littler Zach Levine, yeah, a littler Zach Levine. So to go from Pat Beth to campaign all for a second round pick is 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 incredibly annoying. Like it's it's weird because I feel a couple things. Like on one hand, why, and on the on the other hand, like I'm happy they didn't really invest in this team because I thought it was kind of over. But I just it it bothers me because it, it does make me worry going forward. Does this guy? truly understand how to build a winner or is it just assets 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 doesn't matter about team camaraderie right and you know to talk about the team both this year and for the future right so for the future what's the plan here like hope this offseason that paul george doesn't sign with the clippers and you get to sign a 33 year old paul george who is leaving a team that presumably is going to come off a playoff disappointment like you're not getting paul george if he has an outstanding postseason you're probably not getting paul george in general what other free agents are going to be? We talked about Pascal Siakam today on, on the air. They clearly don't value Pascal Siakam. Like they could have traded for him or they, you know, got uh, went and got him right now if they wanted. And I'll love the idea of signing him anyway. So basically their whole plan now is to hope somebody asks out. And I know that, you know, you can never fully guess, but who's it going to be? Like, unless Daryl Morey, look, if Daryl Morey has secret intel that Anthony Edwards is asking out or Shea Gilders Alexander in this summer, they trade for one of them. All right, I'll eat my words and props to him. But who's it going to be? Like, what star is out there? Devin Booker would be awesome. What are the chances Devin Booker gets traded? Well, it's pro- so- I mean, I mean, it's probably Paul George. If, if we had to, well, we had- also the the leaking, and I don't know who leaked it. Maybe it was Paul George's agent. Maybe or maybe it was the Sixers. But like the leak right after the trade deadline of the Sixers expect to have big interest in Paul George. I felt was such a smack in the face to fans. It's like you just had this incredibly disappointing deadline everybody all the fans are furious like people are livid at what you did and the and the carrot that gets hung out for four months from now is hey we might sign we might sign paul george like forget that we just spent four months thinking you might do something now i'm supposed to sit here again and be like yeah in four months maybe they'll get him they're not going to get paul george let's be real what are the chances paul george comes here five percent why are they not getting paul george because paul george is going to re-sign in la why would he why would he hit free agency I don't know. I don't know because maybe they commit to Harden. They re-sign Harden, and they obviously Kawhi's there. And like, they, 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 can they afford three fifty-five million dollars a year players? Does he? Well, they go to he, luxury tax. They can't. I mean, I know there's new rules, so maybe I'm wrong but, about that. But, but is it, it, does he feel like he's starting to get squeezed out? Where it's Harden and Kawhi's team, and and like, dude, again, I, I texted you this morning. He was zero for seven and had seven points from three last night. Like, it it, it feels like that Clip, that Clippers team. They starting to transition more into James Harden and Kawhi, Kawhi's team, more than Paul George. Like, do they move on from that and use that cast base to sign more players? I don't know. I, I just, I let me put it Paul this George way: happening. if they get Paul George here, it's not the version of the Paul George you want. If Paul George is still good and worth a max deal, he will not leave LA. If the Clippers are moving away from Paul George, it's because they think James Harden, someone that everyone in Philly thinks is hot garbage, is better than him. They think Kawhi Leonard, someone who's been injured, is more reliable than him. 
They just built a new stadium. They're like the number one seed in, in the West. And we're supposed to think that them letting Paul George walk is going to happen if they still want Paul George. He's from LA. You think he's going to move across the country to Come go on, practice man. in Trenton with this team? Like, he's not coming here. He's not coming here unless it's his only option. So they're got really. Wildwood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can go down the Jersey Shore. The only option they have is to hope and pray. Like, that's it. And yes, they are well equipped to make a trade. They have first round picks, they have cap space. But you have to get somebody with those things. And they mm-hmm. wasted so many assets today. So all well, year. they got the, them all back, sort of. I mean, they, well, this they is lost the one second round pick. This is the other thing. They overpaid for Buddy Heald. It wasn't like an, out, an egregious overpay. It wasn't, you know, this massive, like, what a waste of, of assets. But it was kind of like when the Eagles traded for Robert Quinn. Now, that didn't work out. But you sat there and you looked and go, okay, they traded for a defensive end because it makes sense. It's an important position and you pay a premium for that. Three second round picks and two expiring contracts for us for an equally expiring contract. Like, wh- what is that? Like, that's a move that a competing team makes. Bad news, like, they're not a competing team anymore. Like, if Joel comes back and he's MVP Joel, maybe they maybe they have a small shot. But to your point, we have no idea what Joel is going to be. So, you basically just got Buddy healed for three second round picks. And I know you reacquired some, but like, it's an overpay. Like no matter how you slice it, they paid too much for Buddy Heald. So well, you also get the like, right to sign him in the off seasons. You, you, you do like two years, forty million. Like I, I don't think track. Any, I don't think any move they made today they got the better end of the deal. Like Buddy Heald, you could most say is a push. Daniel House for whatever they did, like who cares? I don't think they got a better end of deal with Pat Bev in, in campaign. And then they traded Jaden Springer, who we haven't talked about a lot yet. I think Jaden Springer is not good, so I'm not gonna like lose. <laughs> lose it over him but you trade him to the to, to the celtics like yeah. this is a guy that finally is coming off a few good games i can't wait to watch springer lock up maxi in the postseason by the way like if there's anything springer is designed to do it is to shut down maxi you drafted this guy in the first round you invest, invested all this time in him you've played played him minutes at the nba you've like developed him for three years and then you just trade him and it's probably because he sucks but like who cares, man? Like you trade him to a, the, your number one rival in the conference, your former first round pick. So that goes down as a big miss for Maury. Like I just, I don't look at any of these deals and none of them scream creativity. None of them give me the reason to believe that they have a great plan moving forward. Like where's my reason to feel excited? Like why would I go down to, and watch a Sixers game? Like that's, I think what's most frustrating is they're telling you they're punting. Like they're, they're saying to you, to everybody, we are not trying to compete this year. And like where, that's not how we felt a month ago. Yes. And Joel Embiid was healthy. Like it's it's as simple as that. But then, also, but then rule Joel out. Don't say in four weeks he might come well, because back. Because they like, can't then do rule that. Them out, man. Because they can't Why? do that. Because because they if you want to talk like they have to sell playoff tickets and the chance that Joel. Okay, well that's play. disappointing too then. But they're also not good. I think they showed you by their actions today. They're not sure. But they, that doesn't mean that you can't just invest all the stuff in a team where you're not sure if the best players will be back and then you're wasting time all just all just to be the seven seed and and lose to the Bucks in the first round. I know it's Doc, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. But like you could lose in the first round to the Bucks, and it's just like, well, what the hell's the point? Um, the other thing that we haven't you know totally talked about, but like um, if this whole thing is to get Kyle Lowry in the buyout market. Oh, dude, seen, dude. Yeah. Just keep that. Again, just keep that bet. Like Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry can't play anymore. Like maybe for for fifteen minutes a night, you can get a, a useful Kyle Lowry. And sure, it'd be fun to have a homecoming. And and I just the Kyle Lowry move four years ago would have been cool. This is this is nothing to me. 
Well, you know, like, so Howie Roseman always says that one way they try to, to win and stay competitive is you're a step ahead of everybody. Like, you know, they, I, I honestly can't think of an example when they've been a step ahead, but just they try to stay, stay a step ahead. The Knicks are like hoarding all these winning Villanova players, right? And they're, they're red hot. And I know OG has a, has a injury now, so who sees what happens. But the Knicks are like Nova Central. And it's almost like the Sixers were saying, hey, that's working out. Let's get the washed, old, can't play anymore Nova player. Like, they're like 18 steps behind. Like, and now the funny thing is Kyle Lowry's actually shot it pretty well this year. I think he's shooting almost 40% on two or uh, three or four threes a game. But last year in the playoffs, and whenever they, when they have played the Heat, and I didn't play them last year, but, you know, when they played them the year before, like, we, I was mocking Kyle Lowry, being like, he's washed. That was two years ago. I remember Sixers fans hoping Kyle Lowry would play because because he was so bad. And now <laughs> now I'm that yeah, and now I'm supposed to sit here and be like, well they have three roster spots so they can at least pick out of all the trash players that are going to get cut. Like wow, so exciting. Good job Daryl Morey. Like you have three open draft picks so we get to talk about or three open ca- uh, roster spaces we get to talk about signing like Danilo Gallinari. Like what 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 like the, all these guys are signing are not impact players. Kyle Lowry's going to come here. People are going to get excited like oh and he's not that good. And it, it sucks. Like, I, I mean, I like Kyle. Lowry. Well, I don't really like Kyle Lowry. Like, he's a Philly guy, and I root for him in that way. But I'm a Temple guy, so I actually don't yeah, really but didn't care. Yeah, but didn't you go to rival high schools? Uh, Where do you go to high school? I don't know. He went where Pat Gallon went. Oh, he go to Northeast? I think so. I think he went to Northeast. Well, then, yeah, I went to Central. That's another reason for me not to like Oh, see, that's, that's the real reason. Yeah, the well, real reason. the real winner today is Pat Gallon, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> As much as Once he brings again. that story up, and it is a great story. Like when Kyle Lowry signs with the Sixers, it's going to be quite the moment. But uh, no, he went to uh, Cardinal Doherty. Oh, uh, then that's not a rival. That's yeah. not your rival. Eh, Our Nova well. Nova boy James knew that. Um, but anyway, to, to my point, I'm making that was the quickest like, I've seen. The quickest I've seen James in the chat. You know, I, I know. Was, he, he, was, he was right there and ready. Yeah, he was right on, there. I'm talking, ready. the Nova bat signal went up and right. said, "Hold on, I, I got us. I got us." I, I think I think that you know when we started the pot, we we kind of said like believe in the Sixers, like that was our no, message. No. Yeah, right. We're here to save the Sixers. Believe in them. And I feel like a fool. And like, who knows what's gonna happen? How many times? How many times have you said you felt like a fool after believing in the Sixers? We're this like, I know, going, you're a, bit. a pretty tough streak right now. I know believing in the Sixers has not worked out for me, but. <laughs> But it's how I felt, and like I feel like I have like egg on my face. It's like everyone's like they're the same old Sixers. Well, guess what? They're acting like it. And like they're they're not investing in this year. They're not making good trades. And Joel's hurt. But but to the to the point about about Joel and him maybe not coming back. Why I also think though, like trading for Murray today or making some type of creative trade where you trade a first or a first round pick or two and get a, a good player in here is because if if he does come back, it makes his life easier. Now, if Joel comes back, his main form of help that he's got is is Buddy Healed. Like obviously, is Maxi too, but he had those guys. Like there is nobody new here to help him beat. If he comes back, he's going to have to be one hundred percent MVP Joel, and maybe he will be, and I hope he will be. Right? But if you would have got a, a Murray or something creative and exciting out of nowhere, then you go, okay, well, when Embiid comes back, he doesn't have to be that guy. So that's another disappointing part of this well the the one thing that has been kind of shock i think the most shocking thing of the maury tenure you know while i am i am happy with what happened today is that he's just kind of made the obvious moves you know what i mean like there hasn't been anything that's oh wow didn't see, didn't see that coming right. that's kind of been leaked out because what made him so 
I mean, special spider reach, but like a very good GM in, in Houston was obviously, you know, the hardened trade. But even, um, you know, he found Kyle Lowry first. You know, you want to bring this thing, the whole thing full circle. Well, like, like other guys, like uh, uh, Chan- was it Chandler Parsons? I'm going to get his name wrong. Yeah, of course, Chandler right? Parsons, yeah. Yeah, Shane Battier. Like, I feel like he hit uh, on a bunch of guys in Houston that were out of nowhere. Like, who's he hit on? In Philly, like what draft pick has he found late? That's great. What, what, like, well, he trades them all away. I mean, you know, he, right. he doesn't even let the draft picks play. Yeah. And like, what, what free agent or trade is he made where it's like, that was a great move? Like, Melton, I guess you could argue, has been good value for what they traded. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Yeah. Like, I guess there's been marginal ones, but there hasn't been like massive success stories. No, no. It's all been like, again, it's been fine. Now, it, I think, I think his, Overall tenure in Philly has been it's fine. Now he did inherit Ben and, and the Toby contract, and the Toby contract's going to be gone this offseason. Maybe I mean who knows? Maybe they'll just resign Toby because he's such honestly, an elite player. I mean, honestly, one to ten. What are the chances they resign Toby? Three, like four. four? Yeah, I yeah. Can see. I, 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 and Bede likes him. Sick. Well, listen, I we I can't do it anymore. Cannot do it anymore. Yeah. But it's just been it's been really underwhelming. Like again, he's been fine. It, it hasn't been like slam dunks and it's been more obvious than not. But what made him, again, a, a quote unquote special GM was it, it always felt like he was finding the undervalued asset. Like, what's the undervalued asset the Sixers have right now? I mean, like, there was a, a, a blink of an eye at the beginning of the season where it was like, ooh, Kelly Oubre, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he got, got hit by a car. <laughs> yes. And yeah. then, then now Kelly Oubre is. Like he can't score, he just can't score anymore. I know he had the back-to-back twenty-five point games, it's but so it's sad. Like, it's on like a million shots a game. Trading for again, campaign is the worst, man. Like yeah. there's, he's just not a good basketball player. Um, well, so you know what I, really sucks too. Yeah. So the schedule they have coming up, they have two easy games. Like they have the Hawks. By the way, you know Murray is dropping. 30 plus points tomorrow. Like, no oh man, the, the, your guy, the DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I'm betting the over. I've never Murray. seen, I'm a, gonna bet 30. I've points. never seen someone go from like never talking about a player to all of a sudden, like, this team's going to crumble to the ground if they don't get more than you and DeJounte Murray. I fall hard when I fall for players. Um, so they have two easy games. I think it's the Warriors and then I'm not the Warriors, the Hawks and maybe the Wizards. But then listen to the stretch they have coming up Cavs, Heat, Knicks, Cavs, Bucks, Celtics. Okay. They, they might legitimately lose all six of those. Well, they might, dude. They can't. I don't trust them to win a basketball game right now. Right, right. Like a well, basketball record, game. I don't care. We haven't who recorded they play. since since the. I mean, they are uncompetitive right now. Dude, like they look dude. like they have no life. Like they look like the Eagles at the end of the season. They look like every trash team we've seen. Like they look like they have no shot. And they did nothing today to change that. If anything, they ripped the heart out of the team even more with Pat Bev. Like imagine going to practice tomorrow and it's like Pat Bev's gone. Marcus Morris is gone. Um, Ferk is gone. Uh, Daniel House is gone. Like a, th- a third of the roster is gone. Like, well, well, what, the funny what? part. Well, the funny part is I'm pretty sure the shooter shoot around yesterday or maybe this morning. I don't know. Pat Bev was messing with Marcus Morris and and Furkan saying, "Oh, at least your last practice." Oh, was he? Nice, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. And, well, and now they're all gone. So now they're all gone. All right. So uh, the the whole idea that Daryl Morey is a liar. Uh, okay. Pat Bev talking about this out in. So I just got to be honest. Like, w- what did you want Daryl Moore to say in that scenario? Like, yeah, we're thinking about it. So right. W- what's, what's the story here? I don't get what the story here is. Yeah. So I have a, bu- a bunch of thoughts on this. On one hand, I agree with you. 
Like, what's Daryl Morey going to say? He goes up to him and he goes, are you going to trade me? It's like going up to your boss on a Wednesday being like, yeah, you'll never fire me, right? And then, like, <laughs> what's he going to be like? No, nah, but never. But in two days, we got to talk. Like, so I agree with that. And I, I always remember one time I was at the Combine. It was a few years ago. And I was talking to an agent of a player. Oh, and look at you. Just I know. Doing I know. Stuff. I know. Yep. And he said something like, Howie's my favorite GM to deal with in the league. And I was like, why? And he was like, because at least I know he's lying. Right. So I do think that there is an element of lying that just comes with the job. Like it just is what it is. But on the flip side, you just don't want your GM to be known as someone that stabs people in the back. <laughs> like you just don't. Like, and well, I know you don't that, trade the guy with one of the most popular podcasts in basketball. Right. But like, you know, like I know that you have to tell that to Pat Bev. Like I get it. You have to say that to him. But on the heels of the Harden thing, it just looks bad. Like if the, if this was the first time it came out, then it's like, you know what? This is what the job is, blah, blah, blah. But I do believe that Daryl Morey said something to Harden and pulled back on it. Like now maybe it's for the better of the team, like whatever. But I don't think Harden's like going irrational for no reason. I believe there was a miscommunication there and Harden believes that Morey lied. And now another player is saying he lied. So at the end of the day, do I think it's going to cost them? Probably not. But I will say when your top plan is to recruit and to, to convince stars to come here via trade or free agency, it isn't great that two very popular players around the league hate you or at least think you're a liar. Like, it's just not great. So ultimately, players will take the money. Maybe well, he did thank, the- like he was nice to Maury in, the, in his tweet, right? I mean, Of course like, it's he not- was. But we saw the real moment when he was raw. Like we saw we saw what he said. We saw it. He said, Daryl said I w- that he wasn't going to trade me. Now, to be fair. It was Roan, and like th- he does a great job on the pod that that did call Daryl the liar, just to put that out there. Yes, but it just it just looks bad. Like, like there's no other way to put it. The optics of it are bad, and when your whole plan is to recruit, it's not good to have bad optics. Well, don't worry. I mean, Paul George doesn't care about this stuff. Dude, Paul, Paul George is going to be so washed here, and it's so sad because I love Paul George. I've wanted him for so many years. I remember when he was on the Pacers, like giving it to the Heat. I was like, this is the guy. I want. He was like my Anthony Edwards back then. Like that was the guy. He is going to come here. He's going to play. First of all, he's not going to come here. But if he does come here, he'll play 40 games. He'll have some games he's great. They'll lose again. Like, Paul George, I love him. I want him. But I, he's not the answer. Not if, if you're this, all this is to get Paul George next year. Like, that is incredibly disappointing. I'd still be it. Nah, I'd still be it. I'd, I'd, I'd still <laughs> well, take Paul George. 100%. So, well, one, more, one more thing, right? Oh. I think that what's been frustrating about the Sixers and Daryl Moore the last few years is that. There's always been these moments where there's been a, a week buildup or two, three weeks where it's like, okay, he's doing something. You know, Daryl, like playing chess, everyone's playing checkers. Like Daryl's cooking. You know, he's the most aggressive GM in the league, blah, blah, blah. Didn't trade for anybody his first year. Second year, Kyle Lowry was the hot like player everyone wanted. Didn't trade for him. Uh, the next year, he traded for James Harden, which I think was a good trade, but like certainly isn't some he's cooking. I can't believe he pulled this off move. And he didn't do anything this year. Like, when's the time where we've sat here and been like, Daryl's going to do something, and then he he pulls it out of his hat? Like, it's just it hasn't happened. Like, I, I feel well, like uh, like um, Charlie Brown with the football. You like that? Like, all this time being like, he's going to do something. He's cooking. Here we go. Like, wh- when? When? What's he ever done? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's actually a lot like Dabrowski. Now, now, Dabrowski's had more success. Yes, yes, he's had more success. But <laughs> well, I, like, I'm not going to fight that argument anymore. Both of them, both of them came in here uh, with the whole uh, reputation that 
they make big moves. And mm-hmm. yes, Dabrowski signed Trey Turner for three hundred plus million dollars. Like he's he's spent money, but his whole mo was always making the big trade and trading the prospects and and getting win now moves. Daryl's whole thing has been make the big move, make the big move, make the big move, and like. Yeah, Ben for Harden was was a big move, but I'm with you. Like there hasn't been. I think he has like a ton of trades since he started since he took over as GM, mm-hmm. but nothing that has really really moved the needle. It's been more yeah. reshuffling of the deck chairs than than you know. Here we go. There's the there's the all in move. Like for both franchises, you're kind of waiting for the the all in trade that signals that they're ready to to, to push this thing over the top. I just. You know, like, I would rather have the flexibility. Like, uh, sure. I mean, coming down to it, it's it's taking the old Howie motto of, of hope is not a strategy. But yeah. I, I feel I feel like... It's a great pull. Daryl has a... I also have to give Daryl credit here. Like, he's had pretty good reads on, on things that have happened around the league in the last couple of years. Like, the Harden thing, he had a good read on. He knew that the, the Clippers were going to want him. And, and held out like he was able to at least get something from Marco. He was. He was able to get something for Harden. But, but, but mean, when is him having a good read on things? Like he knew the Clippers wanted him. Harden demanded to go there. And he, he held on to him for a few months and didn't get like a great trade package. Like Yeah, but like, I, I mean. I know he thought at the time he did. but Wow, listen, a bunch of role players. But like yeah. he could have blinked and gotten. Like, oh, I guess I got to get rid of him to go. Like, he, I guess. At yes. least. I guess, yeah. He created some fake rumors that other teams were were interested, right. um, but I I I I trust his read on the market. Like I don't think he's been, I don't think he's had a total big whiff. Now, if he whiffs this 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 um, this summer, then yeah, I think that's that's a huge if, uh, a huge problem. But I'd rather have the flexibility than super invest in this roster, even that means passing on perennial all star and future all, all NBA guy Dejounte Murray. Mm. Well, and to that point, like the pressure is on like never before this offseason. Like he can't worry about winning a trade or, or saving, you know, three or four million. Like he has to land a star. Like this is the most pressure ever to go and do something. Because if they go into the offseason and they don't and like we're here at training camp next year and we're talking and it's like, well, they still have five first round picks and they do still have like, no, like, no, no, no. Like you have to make the trade. You have to land whoever the best player of the, the player that is available that is the best. Like you have to get that guy. If they if if Devin Booker becomes available and you don't get him, that is disastrous. If if Anthony Edwards asks out of Minnesota and he ends up on the Knicks or he ends up somewhere else, like that is a horrendous outcome. So not only have you you set up hope as a strategy, you've set up like having sucker across your head where you have to overpay. Like you have to go and do it. So it you know, look, I hope they get a star, but man, like they've really set themselves up where where they they're gonna have to overpay to do it. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. It's okay. Right, you don't seem concerned by that. <laughs> I don't. I don't seem that concerned by it. Yeah. Um. Like it's. I still trust him from that standpoint. Yeah. I, I think he's had a pretty good read on things, and um, he's he has been leaking out, you know, for the last little bit here that we our plan is to have cap space this summer. That has to be for someone, you know. I, that has to be there. Now, what's the name when? <laughs> When they sign, where it's like, really, that that's trying to have all the like Toby. Well, look, if they resign Toby, Toby. the funniest thing is if they like resign Toby, they gave like um, Ubre like you know twelve million dollars or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of what star. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns would be hysterical. He gives Clay money for no reason. Yeah, Clay would be funny. Um, 
Carl Anthony Towns might be the funniest because he makes no sense and he's a loser. So like no, that would, would probably probably be the one. I, we would have to find another team to like. I yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, oh, resigns uh, Markel Fultz. <laughs> that would be really funny. Brings yeah. in Markel. Oh man, my boy Malik Beasley's a, a free agent. Bring him in. I'm in on Malik Beasley. Dude, I think there's two Malik Beasleys, and I get them confused, but I know I'm in on a Malik Be- Beasley. There is a there is a lot of Jack guys available this offseason. Nice, and that's encouraging. It's I there's, there's like Malik Monk available. Would love him off the. There's so many. They basically have him in Buddy Healed. Yes, they do. Except except Malik's way more uh, way more bouncy. Um, well, so let me ask you this, Royce O'Neal. Oh my God, my boy, Obi so, Toppin. Dude, quick side note: How funny is that Opie Toppin's younger brothers in the dunk contest? I was not aware he had a younger brother. Dude, I'm pretty sure his, his younger brother's name is like it's similar. Oh, to you're right. Yes, I know. Yes, yes, yes. yes I'll look yes, it up. Yes. Obi Toppin brother Jacob Toppin. Yeah, dude. By the way, yet yeah, they need to stop letting Mac McGlung McGlung in the dunk contest. Like well, are they good? it's the biggest thing. Does it does it hurt your soul as someone who likes to do the whole? All the Sixers do is win. Like I'm so uh, I'm so overwhelmed with all the win, winning. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing the Sixers have won is a Mac McClung dunk contest. Well, they did win MVP, but yes, you're right. Like I, if I was, I know I don't think he's in the Sixers organization. Anymore, is he? But all right. I think he's in the Magic's like G League team. Then I think Adam Silver needs to step up and be like, as an adult, we're not doing the dunk contest if this is it. No, we're not doing it. Like it's like when like your parent says to you, like, oh, you're gonna be like, well, we're not going. Like that's what yeah, Adam. Silver yeah, I'll turn this car yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the three point contest, but if this is what the dunk contest is, like, we're not doing it. Are you, are you excited for Maxi in the three point contest? Well, apparently he's not even in it. He's in the skill, the skill thing now. Oh well, no! I saw it the other day he was. He was. I know he, he talked about it, but he's not listed as a participant. Well, did Twitter lie to me? That's a disaster. Maxi lied. Well, all right, so um, let me ask you one last Buddy Hill yes. question. All right. So whatever we think about the trade, blah blah blah, whatever. Like, how much do you think he helps the team right now? Uh, like, however very, we want to help the team, don't like. Yeah. No. I mean, listen. He's gonna be there. He's gonna play. I. I just think it's incredibly marginal. Like, yeah. I, I. I think he can score, but like again. By the way, uh, uh, a maxi, a maxi. I know you're not a, a defense guy. Maxi Buddy healed perimeter defense is about yeah, as bad as it, as it gets. He, is, I, I, I just couldn't be less of a of a Buddy healed guy. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that me and you uh, differentiate on is like you are just you are strictly buckets at all times. Yeah, and I am. I, yeah. I am He's a please, bucket boy. Please move the basketball, and you know I'm not. I'm not all just because. Because I know that when Buddy Heels not hitting three, is like he does absolutely nothing else. Like yep. he, he provides yep. zero, zero to an NBA game. So, um, like he'll have games where he goes off, and it's like, oh my god, Buddy Heels, like future Hall of Famer, and then he will be just kind of out there for for stretches when he gets hot it's going to be incredibly fun and it's going to be like wow this is dope we should definitely resign him and um <laughs> but like i just buddy healed might be the one they resigned that's like i can't believe they did that <laughs> can't believe they did that yeah um so like listen there's a part of me that's of course excited to to watch him because shooting is fun i i just yeah, don't think it really fun, yeah. 
I don't really think it is going to affect much outcome of things unless Joel comes back. And then I think him and Joel, like, I think he's definitely better than Seth Curry was. Um, you know, so I think he's more of an offensive threat than Seth Curry. And I thought Seth and Joel had a really, really, really good two-man game. So I think that's going to be exciting. But again, I, I, how far is a Buddy Heald and B two-man game with Maxi taking? Is that beating right. the box in round one? No. No, it's not beating the Celtics. So here, here's my thing with Buddy Heald. I agree there are going to be moments where we watch him, and I'm like, I'm back in. The Sixers are winning. Oh all. my god! I, I, that's going to be two weeks from now. You're going to be. We're going to do the whole no, like, dude, talent, you, buddy. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah, I have egg on my face again. But um, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was wrong again. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, but but I think the, the the other thing about Buddy is like there's this expectation that because he takes so many threes, and look, the Sixers do need threes. Like they, I think they're 27th in the league in three point attempts. I just wonder how much of them not creating threes is not taking threes is they don't create threes. Like I know Buddy's willing to take them and they you they will create looks for him, but I I don't think like they're gonna all, like Buddy's gonna come in here and shoot ten threes a game. I just don't think they're a team that creates a lot of threes. Like jo- Joel has the ball a lot now. Joel's not gonna be there for six weeks, so so that might help. But I I think what Buddy does well is shoot threes and open threes. I don't think he's gonna get a lot of open threes. He's not good on defense. He doesn't create for people. He doesn't get to the basket. Um, he barely ever shoots anything but a three, which, you know, obviously is my heart. Like, I love that. But he's not going to get great looks. So I think there'll be games where, again, he makes seven threes, and it's amazing. But I think there's going to be long stretches where he has nine points. And I also think they're going to play him a ton. And I don't think he's a player that more you play, the better he is. Like, I don't I don't think he's like he's like the key to unlocking Buddy is playing him 38 minutes. I think the key Man, is. I thought, I thought you were about to say, I don't think he's going to get a key to the city. No, yeah, exactly. I think they're probably giving Sixers keys to the city. I mean, they did. They did ruin the key to the city because now anyone did, that gets yeah. it is, is going to think they're being traded. Should Marcus give it back? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think he should. should Does Howard, <laughs> should Howard get a key to the city? Yeah, give it to Howard. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's my thing with Buddy. I think he'll be good. I think there'll be moments, but ultimately, like, what's he really doing? Like, it's it's it'll it'll be fun moments. But there's gonna be a lot of moments too where he's got you know five points or three or, or actually he'll always have increments of three. Like he'll have three, six, nine, three, six, nine. Wow, <laughs> that's beautiful. That's good symmetry. You like that? Um, yeah. You get the this, lyric? I don't think you got let, the joke. I did. I did get the joke. Oh, good. Um, right. Let me. Let, tell me if this makes any sense. But this is this is my comparison of the Buddy Heel trade. The yeah. Buddy Heel trade is like the Tony Romo of Tony Romo is a broadcaster of trades, right. where it's like, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and that's basically I feel like how Maury looked at it. Like I don't know, like maybe if it be gets back, what, Buddy? So I'm not big on announcers. Like I think they're mostly all the same. But Tony Romo, he does really do that. Like the time you watch Tony Romo, he legitimately like does the whole like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Josh Surprised Allen. no one's told him to stop. Yeah. By the way, random, random broadcaster take. I think Tom Brady's going to be an awesome announcer. Dude, I think he's going to be awesome. Like he's when he's an announcer, all these like Greg Olson is the best thing. I mean, people are going to like shout out to Greg Olson, but no one's going to be clamoring for Greg Olson. Tom Brady's going to be the best announcer of all time. And I, I think I think I think if someone was smart, they would pay Belichick and Saban to do a podcast. Yeah, I'm like, sure they're willing. I, but I don't. Yeah, you have to pay a well, lot listen, of money. Saban, but I agree. Saban's doing College Game Day, 
And and Belichick needs to get on the media circuit so he can be the Eagles head coach next year. So like, oh God. like well, we so just... the funniest thing about a Belichick Saban podcast is that everyone listen to it and pretend they love it, and it would actually be really boring. Oh my God! Could you imagine NFL Twitter like, oh, did you hear them break down <laughs> exactly three, four defenses and yeah. how it's changed? The way they talked about 19... the zip coverage on this third down play, like, oh, this is what football is, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is enough of the hot takes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire <laughs> Elliot. Just <laughs> Elliot. Why can't you break down? Yeah, exactly. A gap pressure like Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. You clown. Why don't you have a job. You hack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing before getting out of here. What'd you make of the Joel Embiid tweet? All right. I'm happy you brought this up. I mean, it's horrible, right? I mean, like, here's my thing with the Joel. Not a tweet. good tweet. My honestly, the worst feeling I could have had about it was I don't care anymore, man. Like I just like great Joel. You tweeted something, people had to read into it, you got the attention, like awesome. Like, congrats. Well, hold man. on, like, that's how people look at your Twitter account. But here's the difference. My job is to, is to like create conversation and to discuss what's going on. That's not. Oh, true. Elliot! No. no way! You think this guy's elite again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh God! That, but that was my reaction. It was just like no, awesome, I know. Joel. I mean, awesome, it is un- great. It tweet. is un. It is unbelievable how it just feels like everyone with this team is back to the please go away. It's a, it's absurd. It, like think please about where away. we were when they scored seventy points. Think I about know. that. I know it wasn't that long ago. And the max, e- uh, forget the seventy points, even the fifty-one points. Yeah, but even that, we knew Embiid was hurt. <laughs> True, so like... but we didn't know as bad. Like yeah, but I don't know. What do you think of the duel tweet? Oh, I mean, it's just like. Like, if you're so mad, like, here's my thing with Joel. We know that that NBA superstars have the most power of any superstar in sports, mm-hmm. besides maybe quarterback. If you're so mad, if if it's about them not doing anything, then then put your foot down. But at the same time, <laughs> don't don't put the foot down. You know, the gently. Yeah. <laughs> well, the annoying thing about Joel <laughs> tweets is that someone will ask him about it, and it probably won't be for a while because he won't talk. He'll just go like, "No, nah, man, I just I love basketball and I love talking about it." <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, yeah, like that's definitely what you were doing." Oh yeah, so. no, no it's, like the, it's like the Turner tweet when he did for the Turner ovation. Like, yep, I'm exactly. sure that was about a soccer game that was right in the middle of <laughs> Phillies fans giving a standing ovation to a player that was struggling. Um, Mid Major Matt in the chat, uh, yeah. saying the new Big Four is Phillies, Flyers, Eagles, Union. How's that make you feel? Kind of sad, to be honest. <laughs> well, th- I mean, listen. Flyers aren't really in there, but yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Man, what a what a what a Fun fall times. from grace! What a Excited fall to do the grace. next post game pod. Ah, uh, listen, man. Any chance that, the any chance I get to talk to you is always a is always uh, a great. I love day. it. And love uh, it. any chance that we get to talk to our our, our audience is also a great time. <laughs> it's a great. Um, <laughs> so eh, it is what it. How's that? How's that? It is what it is. It is you know? what it is. Maybe that's the title of the pod. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't is. really know. Like, you know, we'll see in the summer. <laughs> yeah, see you in the summer. <laughs> for Clap Your Hands version 3.0. <laughs> hey, we've got a couple more events coming up for the Clap Your Hands yeah, that's World right. Tour. Come watch so. on March 1st with us. <laughs> Keep drowning your sorrows. Yeah, yeah, well, listen, and you and I will also be, I think, hosting on WIP that day. So Yeah, it'll I'm be sure. a lot of Alien Jack. We'll host on WIP that day. And good news, it's to Friday. So, you can drink a little 
Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure everyone's gonna be really nice to us. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah, yeah. yeah be good. <laughs> All right. Um, well, for Elliot Shore Parks, for myself, and for Forest Light, uh, this has been another edition of Lab Your Kids. 